Hi, I'm Brad Rex, the former vice president for Disney's Epcot theme park, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Hi there, I'm Lee Cockrell. I'm the former executive vice president of Walt Disney World, and Mickey Mouse was my boss. And you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, Andrew Locke. This is Andrew, one of the executive producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you. Today, I've got a uh, guest that I'm looking forward to chatting with. His name is Oliver, and he runs the uh, Mile High Coaster social media and YouTube channel. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Oliver. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're proud to have you. Ple- pleasure, absolutely. So let's start off just really simply here. Tell the audience, everyone that's listening here, about yourself and uh, a little bit about your love of theme parks and coasters. Yeah, so my name is Oliver. Um, I have really loved coasters since I was about three or four. Um, as I've been going to Disney every year about that since then, um, with COVID being an exception, of course. Um, And since then, I've uh, realized this is like one of my strongest passions besides theater. So I've um, gone ahead and created a YouTube channel and Instagram account um, specifically for coasters and um, really started just documenting all that I do. Nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. So you said three or four years old. So that actually is a great segue into my next question, which is what was the first coaster you wrote at? at say three to four years old? Yeah, so I'm 90% sure it was Barnstormer at Walt Disney World um, was my very first coaster. You know, I saw it, I'm pretty sure, you know, when it still had the old blue trains before, cause I originally wrote it when that area was still Toontown at Walt Disney World uh, before it was switched to the circus theme. Um, right. So I've sort of written both versions of Barnstormer. And so that's really fun. Nice. This question we ask pretty much of all of our guests and the common answers are Barnstormer, uh, Space Mountain, you know, some of, of course, some of the junior coasters at Cedar Fair Park, Six Flags Parks, but I think Barnstormer is probably the most common. So you're, you're in good company there. And uh, yeah, nowadays that's part of the expanded fantasy land, which uh, quite frankly, I think is, it was a great expansion, you know, adding seven dwarves and just fleshing out that area and the whole, you know, the Beauty and the Beast castle. And just, it's just really cool how they, they updated that area. Really like it. So, but very good. So that was your first coaster. And how many coasters have you been on at this point? I think about a hundred you sold me, right? Uh, under that a little bit, but it's a under hundred. Okay. Yeah, it's around 70-ish. Yeah. Okay. No problem. So of the 70 coasters you've been on, and I'm guessing it's not going to be Barnstormer, which would you say of those is the one that scared you the most? The one that scared me the most is going to be my first looping coaster, um, Sidewinder at Yelich Gardens um, here in Denver. Um, it was my first looping coaster. So like up until like before looping coasters, everything was fine. So all the Disney coasters besides Incredicoaster and Rock and Roller Coaster, I was like, I got this, you know, 
It's nothing to me. Um, and then, um, but I, I was really scared the first time I went on Sidewinder. Um, and that was a really fun ride. I really, um, it was also one of my first launching coasters. And so that was, that was very fun. Right, right. No, absolutely. And so would you say that inversions, is that what was kind of like the scariest thing for you with coasters to, to overcome? That was that point where I was like, the launch doesn't look super scary. That's not what I'm nervous about. It, just seeing that massive loop in it, um, you know, it isn't even that big now that I think about it compared to some other things I've been on. But at the time I was like, wow. And also the fact that you have to climb stairs to get to the station for that one. Was like... So Sidewinder is an old arrow shuttle coaster and it's in certain ways more primitive than the Schwarzkopf ones, which are from the same era. The, the one I remember, it was at my home park growing up, uh, which is also, well, still a Six Flags park like Elish Gardens used to be, uh, was Lightning Loops at uh, Six Flags Great Adventure, New Jersey. And that was one of my first looping coasters, not my first. But uh, I mean, Sidewinder is a good, you know, that's that model, that Arrow Shuttle, or even, even a Schwarzkopf Shuttle, they're good first looping coasters because it's just, it's a straight line. You know, it's not very aggressive, not a lot of forces, and it's just a loop twice. You know, the backwards part may be a little scary for people, certainly. But, um, you know, but like you, inversions were what scared me. Yeah. Going from not being an enthusiast, being afraid of a lot of coasters, to being not afraid of most coasters anymore, be basically being born as an enthusiast, as a thusi, uh, that was basically after riding my first inverting coaster, which was for me was uh, Great American Scream Machine, which is another Arrow creation at Great Adventure. Not there anymore, unfortunately. It's an old Arrow Mega Looper, you know, like a Vortex or uh, you know Anaconda and things like that that are still around. Um, but yeah, once I once I went through the many inversions, I think seven on that one, I was like, put me on all the coasters, put me on all the looping coasters, all the inversions. I'm ready for all of it. So I can totally understand why that one would scare you the most and be kind of like the, the big thing for you to conquer. So let's talk about you conquering your fears there. So as you mentioned, one of the interesting things about that style of coaster is it's kind of like being in a water park. You got to climb a lot of stairs. Yeah. So, you know, climbing up those stairs and, you know, you're going up in the height and all that, not that height was a, a scary thing for you, but yeah, it's kind of pretty crazy. And you're, you know, you're out there in the open, the coaster's right there. You can hear it, you can see it. So talk to me what it was like climbing those stairs, going through the queue that first time, what was going through your head right before you wrote it? Yeah. So the, the first time, you know, my anxiety, like my scaredness just went up pretty much the entire time going up each step. And another thing that really scared me is, I don't know if this is with all the shuttle loops that are made, but, but this one at least, um, how the launch mechanism works is that when it stops, um, it bangs up against this big metal bar. Yep. So yep. make these massive sounds and, and, you know, it, that scared me going up. Then once I saw that that's what it was doing, I was like, oh, okay. But at first I <laughs> had no clue what was happening with these giant banging noises. Right. So I was just, you know, so scared by that. And then, um, and then in the station, I, you know, had second thoughts about, do I really want to go on this? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that sound, that banging sound. I mean, it's been, well, literally decades since I rode the one at Great Adventure and even the one at Elitch. I've only been to Elitch just once. And that was in 2004. 
So it's been a while, almost 20 years there in that case. I don't remember, but I, I seem to recall them being loud, like the one in Elitch's, yes, and also yeah. the one at Great Adventure. I mean, they are primitive coasters, but again, they were built in the, I think in the early 80s, maybe? I think so, because it was yeah. at the original Elitch, and it it's, was one right. of the coasters that got moved, because even Twister is now Twister too, because they com- they've redid some things about it. That was the only coaster to make the move. Right, right, that's right, yeah, from the original location, right, right. So yeah, so I could get how the sound, the kind of very loud sound can be intimidating too. And and yeah, it is, uh, you use the word anxiety at first there. It, this is all about anxiety. Fear and anxiety yeah. are the same basic thing. Um, yeah, they're just interchangeable, but yeah. So, okay, so you were like, should I get on this thing or not? Well, obviously, you know, <laughs> it's no suspense, no cliffhanger here. We know you got on it, obviously. Yeah. So talk to me, you know, kind of the flip here. What happened? How did you feel after you got off the coaster? Yeah, so I got off and I was really shocked. Um, I, when I got off, I I, I, sell, I felt a little sick to my stomach, probably because it was my first loop. I don't really know why. And I and I was sort of just done for the day. It was towards the end of the day. They were closing at six that day. And I was like, yeah, we can go home now. Um, I didn't really do anything else that day. I think I might have rode teacups once more. Um, but then I got back on it again and I was still really scared of it. But then that second time getting off of it, it like threw me into being an enthusiast. I just loved coasters after that. That second time, I loved it so much more than the first time. So, okay, interesting. So that second time, was that the same day? No, that was about a week later. Okay, so what changed? What was different between the first ride and the second ride for you? It was definitely, I felt a little like nauseous, a little sick to my stomach getting off that first time. Um, Okay. And I was also like, just thinking about like, oh my gosh, I just went on a looping coaster. So it was all just like, I was just still sort of in shock. So I didn't like it as much. Um, And then by the second time, I didn't feel sick to my stomach. I knew what was going to happen at that point. I knew what it felt like. And so it, so at that point I was completely fine. And then I loved it. (laughs) Right. Right. Now, obviously you've been on a lot of coasters since then. So would you say that sort of sick to your stomach feeling was that more probably your nerves, the anxiety than it was the motion of the coaster? Yeah, I it was I think it was definitely like I was just anxious that I just got off of this coaster that I'd never ridden before and right. that looked like a very big and scary coaster. Um and so that's why I think I felt sick to my stomach. Um but then Got it. And but then by that second time I wasn't really scared so then I was fine. Okay, got it. That's interesting. So we've never, you know, we, we talk about these sort of stories with each of our guests. And, and, and part of the reason is because of what we're just discovering here, which is you kind of have a unique experience where, you know, because of some of the physical effects from the anxiety, you were still feeling, you know, by the time the ride was over that first time, and it prevented you from really being calm with the ride and accepting of it. So you kind of had to get back on it again a week later, maybe some had some time in between. You knew what to expect the second time around. So you kind of eased into it by having multiple rides, which makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So all right. So you you wrote it the second time after that week later. Talk to me about how you conquering your fear on Sidewinder Elitches, how that impacted your life. Ever since I went on that, um, like, I, I feel like I'm not really scared of anything. Like, I was a little scared my first time on Slingshot, but, like, I was fine, you know? Right. My friend was practically about to die, but, you know, I was perfectly <laughs> fine on it. Um, and so I feel like since then, like, my sense of, like, 
oh, that's a big scary coaster or whatever has just gone away. Now I look at our item, I'm like, yeah, I'll go on that. Why not? <laughs> like, I just don't have any fear around that anymore. Nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. So, you know, I, I we talk about a lot on the podcast here, the idea that fear is like a muscle, you know, even though it's not physical, it's, it's you know, part of your brain, it, it's, it's psychological, but, you know, like a muscle, you can work on facing it and training it and getting stronger about facing fear and then not having it even in many cases. And I strongly believe, you know, as kind of a um, tangentially related to the whole theme park therapy idea that going to parks, riding coasters, just being in the parks, and maybe not even being on thrill rides, but just being in the parks, immersing yourself, it it's good for you. And it, it could help either if you're having anxiety just from life or depression or just having a stressful day, which is basically anxiety, um, you know, it could help alleviate those symptoms or help avoid them to begin with, you know, just going regularly, you know, you're just more stable in your life and able to deal with problems because you're having, you're having that mindfulness of being in the parks and so forth. But, uh, you know, as far as the other, the other thing here, like I was saying about being tangentially, tangentially related is by facing fear on coasters, on thrill rides, it helps you deal with fear better in other areas that have nothing to do with theme parks. And against that idea of training, training your muscles. And I have seen that in myself. Uh, it wasn't necessarily from that first looping coaster and conquering my major fears there where, yeah, I was ready to go on any coaster after that. And I've never said no to a coaster period uh, ever since then. But it's taken me a number of years, you know, since that first looping coaster for me to get to the point where, you know, I, I really feel like I can conquer fear throughout my life in many ways. So uh, my, you know, I know you're a fairly new rider yourself because you're younger. My, I would encourage you just to, you know, keep, this is not going to be hard for you. Keep riding coasters, keep going to parks yeah. because it'll help strengthen things, I think. It's my theory at least. But, but uh, in any case, so let's take a, a step back further. And besides conquering that, you know, fears on, on Sidewinder, would you say that coasters and theme parks have had just a, a positive impact on your life in any significant way uh, or ways? Yeah, I, I've, I've definitely met some great people um, through the theme park community like you, Andrew, um, and some Thank other you. people. I've just, you know, it's it's a really uplifting community to be in. Um, and also, you know, I've you know, when I'm bored and stuff, I've learned how a lot of them work to the point that I could probably explain Top Thrill Dragster's launch system and like host a three hour class about it. Um, nice, nice. Um, you know, and so after doing that, you know, it's just, it just makes me happy to ride roller coasters, learn how they work, even memorize some of the speeches and stuff. Nice. Yeah. The engineer in me appreciates and relates to some of the things you just mentioned there. As I, you know, that's what I do for a living. That's what I, that's what I went to college for. The love, you know, understanding how coasters work and thrill rides work, especially the more modern ones that are much more technically complex. But uh, yeah, so very, very cool. And yeah, but, you know, meeting friends, making, you know, meaningful relationships. And one of the things I think is awesome about parks and coasters, I see this with myself, is it's very age independent. You know, other than the fact that coasters, especially extreme ones and thrill rides, for people that are really old in age or if they're really unhealthy, you know, overweight or whatnot, it can be hard to be okay on those rides in those circumstances. But other than that, um, 
it can, you know, you can go from like yourself, someone in your teens to someone in their sixties and seventies. I have a couple of close friends of mine that uh, friends of the podcast, Larry and Gene Lines, they're in their sixties and they are healthier than a lot of people I know that are in their thirties and they keep themselves so healthy so they can keep riding. And they're awesome. Yeah. They're amazing people. They're great friends. But, you know, I have, you know, friends, like I said, for you know, some teenagers, you know, people in their late teens, early 20s, a lot of friends in my in their 20s, and I'm in my 40s. And it's not like, oh, I'm seeking out younger friends. It's just a lot of people are into coasters or younger. And age doesn't matter. We're just there to ride and have fun and enjoy ourselves. And I that's one of the things I love about the this hobby is it's it kind of unites us all because we're just there to have fun you know yeah so um yeah you know like i said you're a teenager you're 14 years old and you've been on 70 or so coasters obviously you've done some traveling because there you know you live in in colorado and there's not a lot of parks in colorado elish being the main one so you've obviously done some travel i know you've been here to florida that's how you and i met originally so talk to me about how your parents, I don't know if it's just your dad or both your dad and your mom, how they've been in terms of supporting you as a very young enthusiast. Yeah. So, so they're great. You know, I, um, we just travel a lot anyway. We just like going to places like going to Paris and stuff, um, New York, Florida, you know, I can list a lot of places. We just like traveling. That's just, it's like our hobby as well. And like, you know, family time. But um, if if they're like, hey, we're going this place and I go to RCDB and I look up the <laughs> town or city and I'm like, hey, there's a park there. Can we spend a day there? They're always really nice. And just like, sure. Not always. Um, my mom goes last time we were in Florida. She went all the Disney parks, but not SeaWorld. Uh, she just wanted a day off at the spa, the Grand Floridian. But, oh, nice. um, but you know, they're just like, oh, sure. And then they just uh, take me to whichever park is, you know, located there. So like Paris, um, they actually surprised me with Paris and knew that I wanted to go to Disneyland Paris. So, you know, I didn't really ask for that, but you know, they're, they're just super supportive and, you know, knowing that I like that and therefore finding opportunities for me to go to theme parks. That's really cool. And uh, yeah, I know you're going on your Paris trip here pretty soon. What a couple of weeks, I think it's nine days, nine days. There you go. Yeah. So a little less than two weeks. So I am envious is not the right word. Let me put it this way younger me you know high, when I was in high school myself that person would have been envious and here's the reason why so I, I've been to every Disney park on the planet at this point but that's not younger me that's middle-aged me um I I was a French student you know I did a lot of French classes you know going back to like middle school through all of high school and I still know some French but uh, you know, essentially senior year in high school. So this would have been, I'm, I'm going to showing my age here, but 1992, uh, I was in the honors French class and we did like our high school and then the Nebra high school, we did a combined honors French class trip to France. And it was sort of like the big senior trip for us. And we were there for, I don't know, 10 days or so. We did Paris, we did Nice, we did the train down in Nice. And in 1992, uh, and this was, by the way, in the spring of 92, like April, a, a week or so before the trip was happening, like before we went, Disneyland Paris opened. Mm. And I was, and myself and a couple of other students, we were begging our teacher. He was a cool teacher. He was, remember, his name was Mr. Cohn, C-O-H-N, really nice guy. We were begging him to let us go to Disneyland Paris. And he just 
no, it's just not happening. So went to France, went to France, had a great time, went to Paris and like just never got to go. So it was, it took me 16 years, not until like the mid 2000s to finally go to Disneyland Paris. So that's, that's where I explain that envy. So it's awesome. You're at 14 years old. You're, I, I hope you, and I, I'm guessing from talking to you and stuff, because you know, how your, your parents raised you, I'm guessing you're not someone that takes for granted all this travel. Like you're, you, right. Yeah, I definitely realize, um, you know, how lucky I am to be able to do all this. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, that's really cool. And I love that you're seeing, like from a young age, you're seeing the parallels of these sort of multiple um, kind of hobbies or passions or interests that, that kind of collide and converge together in a positive, good way, i.e. travel and theme parks. Like, I love traveling. And I mean, it's hard to be a, a Thuzi and not like traveling. Sure, there are people out there that don't love it, but I love it. Um, another aspect for me is I love cars, as you know. You and I have talked offline about that, and I love road trips, and that's a form of travel. You know, it's not just flying everywhere. So, loving road trips, you know, having nice cars, and loving to spending time in my cars, driving long time, you know, long durations, loving flying on planes, and you know, all this stuff. It it syncs up well with the hobby. So. Uh, now you kind of, you mentioned that your father is like more into parks and coasters than your mom. A little bit, yeah. But my bit. mom really loves Disney as and um, Universal. Um, definitely, like um, this summer, you looked enforced to this super super dumb. If you're under sixteen, you have to have a chaperone with you. Policy. Oh yeah. It, it, it that wasn't good, but you know. Um, <laughs> You know, my dad was super supportive and just like, okay, well, I'll go. <laughs> Tell me nice. when and I'll be there. <laughs> nice. So, and you, nice. So your mom likes the more of the highly themed kind of aspects of the parks. Yeah. And less of the less of the thrills, right? Is that it definitely likes thrills, but like Elitch or Six Flags Park, you know, it's just it doesn't have that appear uh, appeal. Um, right. Probably also because um, she really, really loves the shop and there isn't a lot of super good shopping opportunities at a Six Flags Park compared to Disney or Universal. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Disney Universal definitely the better shop. Right, right. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. Well, that's because every sense. ride has, has a gift shop at the end. Right. So, <laughs> most, of them, most of them exit into the gift shop. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that. That certainly was planned that way. Okay. Yeah, right. So are you an only child, by the way? Yes. Okay. I figured... <laughs> I'm talking to you. I am as well. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't at 14 going to Disney parks around the world, but, uh, you know, certainly I've done a lot of traveling, even when I was a kid, like, you know, like, you know, teenager, like you at that age with my parents and stuff. And, but a lot of my travel was just from getting into my career, you know, in the past 20 years where, you know, traveling for work and stuff, which has been amazing. Very thankful for that. But yeah, okay. same for my dad. He is a, uh, he um, works for Macergy, which is now just got bought by Comcast. But uh, before that, um, at the place he worked, you know, before that, he got to travel a lot. Um, and so, you know, definitely then he's like able, hmm, we should go here as a family and stuff like that. And so that's really cool. Nice. That's very cool. Very cool. And I'm, I'm really glad to see that you don't take it for granted. That's really awesome. Uh, I wanted to touch upon, by the way, something you mentioned earlier. So you talked about liking the engineering uh, you know, understanding how rights work and how you could spend three hours lecturing people about how a catapult launch, you know, like topple dragster into men coaster would work. That's really cool. Um, I probably could do the same. I, I love launch coasters, LSMs. The LSMs are my favorite. But anyways, so, you know, I know you're you're in high school now or about to be in high school. I'm in eighth grade. So I'm, eighth grade. You know, okay. 
Yeah, almost there. Okay. Okay. So this, I, I don't know. I mean, you're very mature for your age. Maybe you already have an idea about this, or maybe just because you're not in high school, you're not sure. But do you have an idea of, well, first of all, are you thinking of planning to go into college after high school? Yeah. Okay. So do you have an idea of what you want to study, what you kind of want to go into? Yeah. As, um, I'm definitely, uh, I'm, I'm the theater kid. Um, so I, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I, you know, there's a few options, but, um, NYU, um, as a musical theater major definitely sticks out to me. Um, nice. I, nice. And, but I think, um, cause I think my dad said something about like how you can have like a second, uh, major or whatever. Um, I think engineering would be really fun. Um, you know, right. if, if theater doesn't work out, you know, I could always be an engineer for RMC. So, you know, I, I, that would be fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And that's a great because those are very different majors. But because of that, you're covering two big areas and they both corresponded to your biggest interests, theater and, and coasters. So that, that's really cool. Uh, and, you know, certainly so I'm, I'm assuming with theater, do you because I know you perform now and, you know, acting, singing, etc. Are you like, would you love to like say be on Broadway performing on stage? Yeah, you, that, okay. that 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 and like you know, um, big film. That that's my goal, mainly Broadway and. Nice, and even if you wind up in a traveling troupe, the benefit of that you probably maybe already thought about this is you can hit up yeah, some parts, travel. right? Yeah. Travel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because cool. in theater you get Mondays off, and Mondays right. aren't generally the busiest day on a, right. a park. So. <laughs> right. Very good point. Very good point. Nice. Nice. All right. Excellent. So what would you say has been your craziest moment on a coaster ever? Oh, that's really hard. But I, I think the Mosasaurus roll, um, the <laughs> Mosasaurus roll on top, um, what top, the, uh, Velocicoaster, right. that, that, yeah. that roll, um, me and uh, my friend Julia, who um, are trips happened to overlap by a day so we met up at universal um oh nice. and, you know it was both of our first rides on that it, it was her seventh credit so like oh you know, wow I, I i got her in the coaster that's a big one to start off with but you know um i i got done with that and she was like i felt like i was gonna fall out and i'm like I, I generally wouldn't say this but yeah i think i'm sort of in the same boat <laughs> that was a crazy coaster and we yeah. also it was like on the it was essentially a night ride like the sun was setting so like the sky was all beautiful and stuff as we were like it was perfect timing oh yeah I, so so was it a night ride or was it like a twilight ride it was it was more of a twilight ride but it, right. it, it i don't know what like a true night ride is like but it felt like a night ride that thing was tolling <laughs> right so as you know universal orlando is my home park i live now five minutes away from there and I am think I'm up to 128 rides on Velocicoaster. So I, I've been out at all times of the day. <laughs> um, do yourself a favor. It's not like I have to twist your arm on this, but next time you're at Universal, uh, you know, and, you know, certainly, you know, when your dad and you and, and your mom come back out, it'd be great to go ride Velocicoaster with you guys. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, you definitely want to ride it at night when it's dark. Because uh, the theming, some of the theme actually pops at night. Yeah. Of course, you're getting, you know, the another couple of hours, maybe, depending upon the time of year after Twilight, you know, for the warm up more, uh, plus being dark, the psychological impact of because you can't see as well, right. it appears faster. Yeah. yeah, this is this is a secret of Space Mountain. Space Mountain goes like 40 miles an hour, but 40 it miles an hour. It feels like at least 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's psychological. It's brilliant that they did it that way because yeah. they could have made it 70. 
but then right. it would have been a shorter ride because it would have got you know because it's, it's a certain amount of space inside and yeah no it was brilliant but anyway psychology is fun with coasters actually yeah so anyways yeah night rides are amazing but i do love especially depending on the time of year the twilight rides one of my favorite features or like a sunset ride is yeah. coming down the uh top hat and just seeing the sunset so oftentimes a lot of parts part of the year is, is over in that area. It's just beautiful. And seeing like the all the sky, all the clouds scattering the you know different colors. And oh yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, it was really beautiful. I was yeah, I was super amazed um at that as much as I was the air time going over that top hat in the very back row. Yeah. And I heard back left is the best seat. And so like I'm so glad that that's the one I was. Sorry, oh. right? But I'm so glad I was in back left because I've heard a ton of people say that that's like the best seat. So I'm I'm glad I got it. <laughs> really? So have you ridden front yet? No, I only got one ride when I was there because um, oh. I could not get um, my friend's family back on the ride. They just <laughs> they loved <laughs> it, but they were like, "We're never doing that again." And I'm like, "Okay," but we got a couple of Hulk night rides. So yeah. So my 128 now rides on Velocicoaster, the vast majority of them have been with other people. Sometimes I'm, I'm going over there solo. I wind up meeting up with people later or whatnot, but most of them have been with people visiting or just local friends. But I have ridden Velocicoaster with a lot of visiting enthusiasts. I mean, it was awesome last year here in Florida. And it'll probably be the same thing again because I'm in Gwazi this year, but, but it already actually has been that way these past couple of months here, early part of the year. But um yeah, just all the visiting enthusiasts. I've gotten firsthand, like, you know, reactions after the ride, uh, just, you know, what they thought of it. And we try different seats. We go on again. And I'm a back row rider on a coaster. I am absolutely, you know, any wooden coaster, steel coaster, whatever. Yep, same. <laughs> and I do like back row or the back couple rows, certainly, and Blast Coaster are great. But Velocicoaster, it's all about the front. So I'm very curious to see what you, because so many of my enthusiast friends, not everyone, mind you, but the vast majority do agree that the front is the best. And the reason why is the airtime is so different up front. Yeah, it's not as a forceful oval experience, but what makes the front amazing is two things. One, when you hit the top of the dive loop before you start coming down, mm -hmm. the ejector that you get in the front is absolutely insane. Yeah, there wasn't an ejector in the back. <laughs> exactly. It's very little. It's violent in the front. It's in, it's amazing. The other thing is a lot of people we think about, you know, well, lift hills, but certainly more so think top hats with launch coasters is if you're in the back, you get that whip effect going over the yeah. top hat or whatnot. So, and that's certainly true with Velocicoaster. Yeah, it's definitely whippy in the back. In the front though, yeah, you're not getting the whip, but what you're getting instead is a near stall and what I love on that ride is because of the angle and the stall in the front is a whole, I've got my arms up, of course, Oh yeah. is coming down. I feel like I'm flying and oh. I want to, yeah. And I want to thank uh, Chuck Cole is one of our friends of the podcast. He's the only person so far that's been a guest on this podcast twice. Good friend of ours. Uh, he, when he rode the last coaster with me, his son, Chase, we spent the whole day at Universal he was, he shared that with me and he was like, it was like, and I've ever since then, I'm like, yeah, it's like flying totally is. But yeah. So anyway, bottom line is you're going to need to experience the front for sure. Oliver. All right. So, well, yeah. hopefully maybe not twice by one. Cause I'm going to Paris, New York, Australia, New York, and, oh. for, and Scotland in a year like that. That's a lot. So it might not be this year that I get back to Florida, but 
Wow. Those are <laughs> some good trips there. Are you going to be getting on DC Rivals? We go to Australia? Yeah, sadly, Australia is, um, I'm part of a group called the Colorado Children's Crowd that does these big national, I mean, international tours. Um, yeah. So it's a group and they aren't going to let us like, oh. but if this was with my family, I would be able to get on DC right. Rivals. It's just because it's a touring choir. I sadly won't be able to get on. I understand. Tours. I get it. I'd get it. That's too bad, but you know, have to go back for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the most of source role. This one last, you know, getting back to what you said, this one last comment here. So as you know, with here in 2022, the most of source role, a lot of people, myself included, consider to be the best inversion ever. Yep, I agree. And it's pretty much uncontested. Again, at the end of the day, it's all just our opinions and we can have our right. opinions. It's fine. But of course, Iron Gwazi with its, well, the technical term is the barrel roll down drop, what's known as the death roll, death roll. More colloquially. Yeah, it, it, they compare it to each other. And I've been on Gwazi now. I don't keep track as actively as I do with Velocity Coaster. I think a couple dozen times on, on Gwazi, daytime, nighttime. That barrel roll down drop is amazing, especially at night because the coaster's warmed up. Right. But you're going into the structure and it's so tight in there at night. It just makes it more intense, psychologically speaking. Um as good as it is, because it is very forceful, it, the Mosasaurus roll is still more epic. Yeah. But curious to see what you think when you get out here again next, maybe in a couple of years and, and ride Iron Quasi. But yeah, that, that'll be, that, I, I, I can't wait to ride it. Um, so 2023. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's a couple just, of years you know, 2022 is enough trips planned. We might, <laughs> might not get back to Florida this year. Totally understand. Makes sense. But yeah, craziest moment on a coaster for you in summary, Mosasaurus roll. Yep. Totally get it. It's such an epic inversion for sure. So I think I know the answer dear to the next question here, speaking of epic, but uh, what is your favorite coaster? Velocicoaster. Right, right. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. That's my I, number uh, one. Yep. From, from, from talking to you and, you know, seeing stuff you post and reacting and interacting on that. Yeah. I figured it was Velocicoaster. I wasn't, hundred percent, but okay. Well, you know, you and I have the same number one. It's David's number one as well. So we're all there with you. So, all right. So the other end of things, what is your least favorite coaster? Yeah, it's going to be any, um, Blazing Buckaroo. I like those ENF Miller coasters. They're just, nah, I think that's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. So it's either that at Eulich. No candy cane coaster at the Santa park up in the mountains here in Colorado is the definitely the worst it was rough and um, right. you know, it's just a kitty coaster you know it was just a credit it wasn't anything okay yeah i've not been there um i think no i've not been on blazing bucker because it was a, it was it's it wasn't there at elich you have the yeah, height it, thing too you can't uh, go on it unless oh yeah 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 right yeah. right it's a restriction but yeah so it, it's just it's nothing exciting because it's just a little kid coaster right okay all right yeah so, so you don't have any like really hated coasters that are like you know, more larger coasters that are just painful or, you know, anything like that. I don't think so. I've always been one of the more positive enthusiasts or like, sure, I might not really like it, like it, but I'm not like, oh, this is terrible. It should be removed and, you know, ranting about it. I, I've never been that. Okay. Okay. So you see, and so you, I mean, you have, you know, an SLC there at Elish Gardens, your home park. You're okay with those. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, here's the thing go to opening 
because it runs slow enough that your head doesn't bang. And then it's like a sort of actually a good coaster. Right. And then right. another trick I found is put your left ear to the left ear pad. Oh. And if you stick it there throughout the thing, your head doesn't bang. And, you know, it, it makes it a little better. But, I, nice. you know, Great Nor'easter is still like the only quote unquote good RMC. Like, I mean, SLC. That, that's the only good SLC, really. Gotcha. Everything okay. else is just okay. I think, but I can still like have fun on that mostly just because, you know, all my GP friends are super scared of it. So just seeing their reactions from it, hearing their screams, I just get joy out of it. So that's why, you know, SLCs aren't like super, super bad. I don't like them really, but they're not, I don't hate them because I get to torture people with it. Right. Interesting. Gotcha. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) All right. So, you know, as I, you know, mentioned when I introduced you at the beginning of the interview here, you're, you have a channel, you know, social media and the YouTube channel that you're developing, uh, Mile High Coasters. Yep. And how long has Mile High Coasters been a thing for you? I created it in November because I was about to go on that Florida trip and I wanted to film vlogs for it. So it's, it was either like late October or November that I, it was late October, early November. Yeah. So le- it's, less it's, than a year it's ago. brand new. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Nice. Less than a year ago. So what are, do you have any specific plans for it? Anything that maybe you're going to differentiate yourself from other YouTube channels? Yeah. So I, um, I have the last two vlogs of that Florida trip finally coming out. Um, so um, March 19th and March 25th are the last two nice. that are coming out. And then um, I'm going to film two Paris uh, vlogs because I'm at Disneyland Paris for two days. Um, and then I also plan on uh, filming some POVs along with the vlogs. I bought a uh, GoPro. Oh, okay. With the, uh, with, you know, the official hand and wrist strap. Yep. I'm going to. I'm going to film some POVs and then also for the vlogs, I'll film some reverse POVs to capture all my GP's friends' reactions. Um, <laughs> sort of like how Latour Ryan has like the Coaster Idiot series. I'm trying to think of a name like GP Friends or something where I just take all my GP friends to Elitch and just capture their reactions on all the coasters. Because to me, when I just sit there with my hands up, like, <laughs> like their reactions are always hilarious because right, right. <laughs> they've never been on any of like this stuff. And, you know, uh, my friend Julie, who I mentioned earlier, had been on one whole coaster in your lifetime <laughs> and i got and like and and like and i was like you're running on the slc <laughs> so right right so you mentioned coaster idiots el toro ryan so in other words looking for like something like to have a comedic aspect to your channel yeah that's what you're saying with the gp i'm sure you could probably come up with i love like puns and like you know using the same letter or multiple words and shaking yeah. up with some kind of something for gp that rhymes with it or something but yeah that could be fun you know previews aren't till April 24th. So I, I got a little ways to go to figure it out before I film the first Elitch vlog. So, <laughs> right. For previous at Elitch. Right. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Right. And Makes it's sense. funny because I actually have a um, Matilda performance on the 23rd, which is technically the first preview day. And then the next oh. day I'll go to um, preview day number two, 24th. So, oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, by the way, when you go to Paris, is the only parks you're going to are the two Disney parks? Yeah. Okay. Because what I was wondering is if you were going to be going to other parks there in Europe where you could perhaps get your 100th coaster while in Europe, which that'd be really epic. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Unless like we have time, but we've got a private tour of, I forget what it is, but um, um we get picked up from a hotel or on Mercedes and we get to like tour some cool things in Paris. So. Oh, yeah. nice. It, it, I, 
and it's like the castle or whatever. I, I don't really remember. My parents just told me that we booked it. So yeah. Okay. Um, so right, we're that... doing a lot more of tourist stuff and the Disneyland Paris was like the coaster part of the trip. And then the rest is just normal tourist stuff. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me ask you a question. I, I'm curious here. This wasn't in my the list I gave you, but honestly, be honest, because there's no wrong answer. You know, going to places like Paris, just any other places you've traveled to. Well, okay, so with your parents, you get to go to parks. Do you like the things you do, you wind up doing besides the parks, the touristy things? Do you enjoy that? Yeah. We, um, I went to New York for the first time since I was three, summer of uh, 2021, you know, this past summer. Um, and yeah, we went to uh, Coney Island and that was great. Um, had a great time there. Um, right. Got to ride Soarin' Eagle, which was at Eelich at one point. So that was really cool. Oh, um, nice. It was relocated, but um, yeah, I love that. You know, it, I really like, like, like I said, that's like the family's hobby is, you know, traveling and doing the touristy stuff. That's like, it's like, if I had a list of like my hobbies, it would be theater coasters and then uh, tourist stuff. Cause I just okay. love traveling and doing all that as well. Okay. Now, of course, going to New York, I know you've done the scene shows on Broadway and I think you and I've talked about that offline. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously you went to Coney Island. What was your tourist wise? What was your favorite thing you did in, in New York when you went there? Um, it was either seeing Hamilton because it's Hamilton on Broadway. <laughs> right. can't go wrong with that unless you right. don't like Hamilton. Uh, but then also, I think the coolest thing um, was doing the uh, boat tour, uh, the circle line tour. Oh, yeah. Manhattan. Um, yep. I had a great time with that. And then a close second would be um, uh, going to the top of. I almost said the Eiffel Tower. I'm in Paris mode. Um, <laughs> what, what's it called? One yeah. World Trade Center or the, or the Freedom Tower? No. Uh, Empire State Building? Yeah, Empire State Building. That's the name okay. of it. Um, nice. That would be a close second because we went to the top of that and I have a lot of really cool photos from that. Oh, yeah. I love going to the top of tall buildings. I, one of the things I do when I travel, my touristy things is going to the top of tall buildings and taking pictures of just the experience and I'm not afraid of heights and it, I, yeah, it sounds like right. you aren't either. So yeah, it's fun nope. stuff. Fun I can stuff. do a sky coaster any day. <laughs> oh yeah. Same. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the, um, yeah, the circle line I've been on many times and that's one of my things when I take someone to New York city, or like from, I love showing people around parks, tourist things, you know, cities that I've been to. Yeah. I love doing that. I love playing tour guide and, and catering to them, not just saying, Oh, we're going here next, going here next. And but one of the things I encourage people to do is when we first get to New York City, if they've never been, is to go on the circle line first, like the mm. daytime first. That way you get an overview of what's there and just get a sense of it. So um, David, who you met here before we started recording, he's the founder of Coaster Challenge, uh, the other executive producer and a great friend of mine we're talking about. He's never been to New York City. You know, I grew up, that's my hometown. And I've right. been there many times. I know it like the back of my hand. So he's nervous about going there. So he wants someone to be a guide. I'm like, David, I'm your man. I'll, I'll be your guide. Yeah. So he's very, we're both excited about doing that at some point, maybe this year, maybe next year. So I, I will be encouraging him to the circle line first. So I'm glad that you got to do that. It's a great, great experience. It, just the, the bridges and all the landmarks. And yeah. yeah. Well, if you're there Memorial Day weekend, I'll be there. So. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't, I think we're going to, we might actually be in Silver Dollar City that weekend. We'll, we'll see. Ooh, but fun. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. But yeah, we'll, okay. we'll be seeing uh, Plaza Suite, Beetlejuice, and then Hamilton again. So. Oh, nice. Nice. Enjoy. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So one kind of last main question to ask you, Oliver, we ask all of our guests 
is you, you know, you have a kind of sense of our mission about facing fears and having better lives, deep our therapy and, and all that. So can you think of, you know, based on maybe your own experience or just things, you know, can you think of any advice that you'd like to give those that are listening in that regard? Yeah, I can definitely think of some. So like, um, just try it, you know, like, um, I've definitely, you know, maybe pushed a little harder than I should have to get people under rides, but then afterwards they absolutely love it. And, you know, they were super nervous. So I definitely think, um, you know, if you just try it once, sure, you might not like it, but then that you don't have to do it again. Um, from my experience, it's just, um, if you try something, you know, there's not a lot that you have to lose from just riding a coaster or going on a slingshot or going on a sky coaster. So just try it and you might really, really love it. Like some of my friends, or you might be like, I'm not doing that ever again. That was terrible. (laughs) But in all likelihood, you know, you're going to love it. And then therefore you're going to, you know, really enjoy coasters for the rest of your life. Right. No, that's good advice. And yeah, most coasters are, you know, just a couple, two, three minutes long. I mean, you know, rides like Steel Vengeance and the Beast that are longer, certainly the Beast, especially, you know, those are usual, you know, most coasters are, or Hagrid's is almost, it's like four, four plus minutes, but yeah, most coasters are just a couple minutes long. And so it's not like it's going to be the rest of your life. So good point. That's good advice. Thank you. So the very last thing I'd like to do here, Oliver, is we already kind of mentioned your channel, but just, you know, share social media, your, your YouTube channel, whatever you'd like to put out there to the world for people to check out how people can find them. Yeah. So, um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, at mile.high.coasters um, for coasters and then um, just mile high coasters on YouTube for coasters. And then if you also want the theater side of things, oliver.sturby.official, you can uh, find all my uh, uh, theater stuff. And then you can also, and if you just look up Oliver Sturby on YouTube, uh, you can see some of the projects that I've been in um, and the theater side of things too. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Oliver. It's been awesome. I'm talking to you here in a more, more formally, you know, kind of talking about your coaster pursuits and the theater stuff and the tourist stuff. And, and, you know, I, I think, I, I hope that you have an awesome trip to Paris and France and just, I hope it's epic and going to your first international Disney resort. I uh, look forward to hearing and seeing your photos and all that on social media, but hearing what you think of everything there. So thank you. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.